We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How, how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't doing it. You, you personally? I think we ain't doing it. Welcome to another edition of the Budding Heads Podcast, part of Rams Talk Radio and proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Steve Barrow back here with Johnny Gomez after a week off. Apologies for no show last week. I had a pretty busy schedule and did not feel good the night we were recording. And it is not, it was not a hot time in the offseason last week, but it is today. Uh, Johnny, how you doing? It's been a crazy first day of NFL Free Agency. It's kind of interesting because I feel like every free agency, it's just so exciting in the NFL. It, it, I I know that you kind of feel like the NBA has like a really exciting free agency period, and, and they do. But like the NFL, I mean, it, it's like crazy. And, I, and for whatever reason this year, it feels like it's even crazier. Like there are so many new looking teams now. It's, it's, it's nuts. I mean – Wow, like I can't, I can't get over how many uh, teams have gone up, how many teams overpaid, how many teams are basically just watching. It, it like in the NBA, I feel like there's way more like moves that happen that like big moves. I mean, that like shift the balance of the league, but like way more happens in NFL free agency because there's just more players, and uh, and so a lot happens. Obviously, and today was no exception. I mean, we're out here. All the Rams linemen that are free agents signed, some of them here, some of them elsewhere. Christian Kirk's out here collecting a billion dollars from the Jags. Uh, shit is crazy, man. I, I just, I, I still can't get over Christian Kirk's contract. I know, like, it's not as bad as people are making it out to be, but it's still pretty bad. <laughs> I just, I, it baffles me, but then... You look at who signed them. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars where they they have so much freaking money to spend. They're like, here you go. Yeah, it's like 
it's getting overblown, but also be overblown because of how much money they had, and also like properly blown because it is an insane amount of money to give Christian Kirk. Uh, you guys can hear them, but I just got a phone call. Um, and I don't know why that came through to my computer. Uh, wow. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Um, anyways, <laughs> yeah, well, we can, we can circle back to Kirk later because a lot of moves that will affect the Rams have happened today. Uh, the big news, we, I guess, talk about who's here, who's not all three marquee offensive line free agents for the Rams have signed. Two of them are back. Joseph Noteboom, Marie Inks for three years, $40 million, 25 million guaranteed, uh, with incentives, it could be forty-seven and a half million dollars. Uh, that's 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 good money. Uh, if he hits all his incentives, it's about sixteen million a year. Brian Allen, starting center, also back with the Rams, three years, twenty-four million dollars. And the other guy, Austin Corbett, is unfortunately gone. He goes to Carolina, three years, twenty-nine million. Big paydays for. All three of these guys, uh, I, I guess start with this, Johnny. I mean, if you could bring back two of these guys at these prices, did we bring back the correct two guys? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because in regards to Joe Nopum, he, I mean, realistically speaking, we're probably not getting Andrew Whitworth back. I, I mean, he he's he's been kind of talking about retirement forever now and now that he has a ring chances are he's gone so no no way they ink no boon to this contract if they think there's even like a 20 percent chance whitworth comes back exactly and and uh so with, with no boom you you have to understand that the rams need a left tackle obviously every team does and really, there's no way the Rams are going to go out there and sign, you know, a top tiered free agent. They don't have that kind of money. Their <laughs> their first pick isn't really until basically the fir- fourth round. It's like a so it's like a hundred and two. Yeah, there, there's like no way that they can do that. So Joe Nopum is the most logical answer here. And was it a bit much? Maybe, but I mean. It was either that or potentially let him walk, and then you, who, who do you put there? Alaric Jackson? You know, there's just there's absolutely no way they could let uh, Joe Nopum walk. Now, as far as Brian Allen is concerned, absolutely love bringing him back uh, because center is a much tougher position to fill than you might realize, especially considering that Brian Allen was among the better centers in the NFL. And there's, again, I don't know if you can really, if the Rams could really go out there and sign, you know, better centers than than uh, Brian Allen uh, to any form of a contract. And uh, I guess you could try and take a risk and hope a Creed Humphrey type center is there in the, in the fourth round, basically. Oh so, God. yeah. <laughs> that's that's another story but um yeah so it, it makes logical sense to me 
as far as guard is concerned, yes, it's going to hurt to to lose Austin Corbett, but at the same time, <laughs> there I feel like the Rams could potentially replace Corbett with a guy on the roster currently, or maybe even fill in the position uh, with a veteran, uh, you know, veteran free agent out there. Maybe not a top tiered free agent, but a veteran free agent. Or even maybe try and give a rookie a shot as well. So I absolutely think this was the right right thing to do on on all accounts. I, I it's hard to say if they overspent. We'll find out, you know, uh, in the next coming years. But I think I think they made the right moves. Yeah, it's and as someone like who is not as high on Allen as most people I would say I'm still not like if you told me before this season that he would sign this contract and I wouldn't be like appalled by it like that's that's still crazy to me like I can't believe he got to the level after the disaster we saw I mean him and to a lesser extent note boom like after what we saw from those guys in 2019 uh when they got handed the reins as starters and were just flat out awful Brian Allen in particular uh it's incredible that they rebounded as much as they did and now are productive enough and reliable players to get this kind of money. I mean, personally, I'm I, I'm pretty indifferent on who you bring back between Allen and Corbett. I think Corbett is better, but I think you made a solid point with, you know, centers harder to find and harder to replace unless guys fall into your lap in the draft, in which case maybe you just pass on them like the Rams did. But again, neither here nor there. Um, it, it's not a bad contract at all for Allen. I mean, eight million a year for center is fine. I'd love to see how, how guaranteed it is, and and if he's productive, you know, if he's a fine starter, uh, that money's fine uh, allocated to him. It's not like I, I'm not over the moon about this contract, but I, I I'm happy we keep him in the building, and I think until we really see what else the Rams have up their sleeve what kind of money they could free up because they still haven't announced any restructures so they're still 20 million over the cap and now with these signings they're effectively at 40 over the cap so uh it, it remains to be seen what they can do and I mean if bringing back honestly either of these guys is going to prevent you from re-signing like Von Miller I, I want to be huge on it but it's true to say that today I, I'm pretty content with the move. They kept two of their three guys they need to rely on. Um, and, and it is what it is on which one. Allen is cheaper and plays a harder-to-find position uh, than Corbett. And he has established chemistry with Stafford. So that's a big win. With uh, with Note Boom, it's not terrible money. Like, it, it, it's a lot of money when you consider, like, how little the guy has played. But he's played well. Uh, he played well filling in for Whitworth this year, and if they do believe that he is the guy at left tackle, and if he performs like, you know, let's say a top half, t- like top 16 left tackle in the league, that's fine money. Uh, that's, that's a, that is a completely fine contract if he can perform at that level, and I'm confident he will. Uh, I, I don't think the team invests in a guy like that lightly that they barely seen unless they really believe in him, and Three years, forty million. Uh, not counting the the max value. I mean, we said the max value is about sixty million a year, and even that's not bad. Uh, I think that right now it'd be like thirteen and a half, fourteen million. It's it's 
past 10 o'clock for me. My math time is over. I'm not doing that whole thing in my head. Um, but it, it, it's good, man. I, I, and Corbett at that price is a lot of money for guard. Uh, I, I think, yeah, these are probably the two guys you want to bring back. And I, I'm happy they were able to do it. And I, I'd be absolutely fucking floored if Whitworth doesn't retire. And if that happens, then this immediately becomes a horrible decision with no boom because you're really shooting yourself in the foot money wise. But assuming he's gone and I guess like we, we said that the cap thing, like you basically, he's basically going to absorb Whitworth's salary cap spot um, with the money he's making. So it won't really affect the future, but uh, we'll, we'll see what they can do with the restructures. Cause we have not heard anything announced yet. Yeah, the um, to be clear, also as far as no boom as the left tackle in general, I'm still not high on le- on uh, no boom being a left tackle. I I do think he makes the most logical sense considering the uh, position the Rams are in. It all basically has to do with cap space, has to do with you know uh, draft capital. There's really not a whole lot of options the Rams had unless. They pretty much say, screw everybody, uh, screw Von Miller, screw Odell Beckham, uh, everybody else. Let's, let's just go out and and sign Toronto Armstead or something like that. Uh, yeah, that I, I don't think you have much of a successful season in 2022. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, this is probably like the, this is the safest bet you can make, I guess. It is kind of a lot of guaranteed money. I'd be curious if it was mostly guaranteed over the first two years or something like that, or if it's spread out to the contract, because like if he, if he's a disaster this year, you're going to have to eat a bit of dead cap to, to cut him uh, if, if that's the case, but we'll see. You know, I, I don't, I don't think he will be a disaster. I, I think he's been a solid player and when called upon, uh, I think he's delivered for the most part. And it says a lot that you didn't jump in here shitting on this salary because I feel like you've been pretty low on note boom, especially like you said, as a left tackle for most of his time here. Yeah, I in a perfect world, I wouldn't have wanted the Rams to spend this much money on on note boom to be the left tackle. But again, it it's just the position the Rams are in. And, you know, sometimes you got to you got to kind of bite the bullet and you know sign the the guy that's right for for the Rams and unfortunately uh Whitworth is going to retire i i would imagine he will anyway and and you know you you're basically left with nothing if if Whitworth retires so you you have to go out and sign note boom because otherwise you you're going to be up shit creek, really. Uh, but all, all else said, I, I think that it was it was probably the smartest decision they could do. And I also appreciated that it wasn't like a ridiculously long contract either. That was kind of one of the things I was worried about that the Rams would like try and sign him to like a five, six, seven year deal. Um, because it's still, you know, even though we've seen him do a, a pretty decent job as a replacement for Whitworth from time to time. You still haven't seen him an entire season playing left tackle. So it, it, it is still kind of experimental. I, I thought signing him to, you know, a three-year deal was, was the right move to do. Yeah. And, and football contracts are fake 
too. You know, like I said, like it's probably I'm I'm sure there's not a ton of guaranteed money in that third year. And with with the window the Rams currently have, like, you know, you keep Allen and open around for three years, they're not that long of contracts. They're not huge financial commitments. They're not nothing. Especially no boom. They're not nothing. But uh assuming you know with the way the roster is constructed there probably really is like a three-year window and that's kind of even being generous for the NFL like with this unit given their age you know I I think it'd be crazy to think that Donald is gonna play like I guess I guess yeah it's not gonna be shocking if he's still good in three years still Aaron Donald in three years but you might be looking to hang it up around then you know same with Stafford a lot of these guys aren't getting younger um, so it's a good time frame too. And yeah, like you said, like, it's great. We didn't give them like a five year monster deal. Like we're handing out for guys like cup and Donald and Ramsey and all them. Uh, I should be worth noting too, when we consider how they're going to replace Austin Corbett, they re-signed Coleman Shelton to a two year deal. I don't think details are out on this signing yet money wise, but uh, it's worth noting that they re-signed him outright because he was a free restricted free agent. And usually, like we saw with Malcolm Brown, they wait for those guys to bring in an offer, and they come back uh, and match it. But with Shelton, they just immediately signed him to do a two-year deal. We don't know the money yet, but it certainly signals that he will at least— he's probably the front-runner to— take Austin Corbett's spot at right guard. We'll see what they do in the draft or in free agency for the rest of the way, but uh, actually going out and prioritizing him instead of letting him just enter restricted free agency seems like they have a bit of faith that he could replace Corbett at guard. Yeah, I I think it was very telling um, of a lot of things when when the Rams signed him to a two-year deal. Uh, especially when they could have, as you said, very easily tested uh, restricted free agency. Um, but it, it, I, I, as soon as I saw that they signed Shelton to a two-year deal, I was thinking, there's no way in hell Austin Corbett's going to come back then. Um, it just it, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, but, you know, that, that was to be expected anyway. I mean, they dropped an awful lot of money for no boom and Allen. So um, this could be a potential cheaper replacement for Corbett. Um, there's, you know, some people high on Tremaine Ancrum. Uh, that's another possibility. He'd be very undersized at guard, but um, you know, this is a guy that was very valued for his technique. So here's hoping that he can at least, you know, put in some competition there. And, you know, it's not like there aren't veteran options out there either. I mean, there's still Austin Blythe out there floating out there somewhere. I would absolutely love to see Austin Blythe to come back to compete. If nothing else, I think he brings in uh, pretty good depth at the position. Yeah, that'd be a great, great body to bring in. Um, You know, right now the candidates would be – Shelton, uh, Ankrum, as you mentioned, uh, Lark Jackson, people like Bobby Evans, people don't like, but it, you got to throw his name out there. You know, it's it, this stuff's always funny to me when people are like, well, like, I think uh, I, I am confident that like a Lark Jackson or Coleman Shelton can replace Austin Corbett. It's like, how are you confident? Like, we have no evidence that any of these guys can play. And like in the past, 
when these random guys kind of get called upon. Like, it, it does work sometimes. You know, even though we saw Allen playing stunk for a year, but, like, it did work this offseason when they were like, we're just going to roll with him. Uh, but it's for every success story like that, there is the entire inside linebacker situation for pretty much the last two years uh, until Ernest Jones got – until they actually spent draft capital to draft Ernest Jones. It's like there's always these guys that sit on the bench that just because they're on the team for so long. I feel like people think that they – they can immediately step in and be a contributor. And like, I, I don't think so. Like I, and if Coleman Shelton is the guy, like they certainly believe in him and that means something, but there's no way in hell I'm going to walk into the preseason podcast and be like, yeah, I think Coleman Shelton's going to have a great year. Like we don't fucking know, man. Like we haven't seen this guy play at all. <laughs> you know, that, that is, that is fair. That's fair because, um, you know, Coleman Shelton for the most part has been nothing but a backup. He has, uh, I, I think he has probably the best shot at becoming the starting guard because um, he has stepped in, you know, at times when, uh, you know, some of the guards weren't able to play, especially when the COVID outbreak uh, happened. Um, you know, he, he stepped, and more importantly, I think uh, his value is in terms of uh, his versatility. He can obviously play center as well. And, and that's where a lot of his value comes into play. Um, but at the same time, I think the kind of buzz around guys like Alaric Jackson is because he, he was a guy that was shocking that he went undrafted and it was even more shocking that the Rams were able to pick him up. So I I think it's not necessarily that, you know, that it's going to happen. I think it's more like a, it's like a hope that he can kind of blossom into this player out of nowhere. I think it would be extremely wishful thinking to expect Alaric Jackson to step in, in his sophomore season and become this amazing starting guard. Uh, Personally, I think he makes a better tackle, but that's just me. Uh, I mean, stranger things have happened. I mean, look at Brian Allen. <laughs> look, at Austin, look at Austin Corbett, man. They traded a fifth-round pick for him, and now he's getting a bag. So uh, good for him. It's a good signing for Carolina. Yeah, I and I, I will say, like, it, it is probably the correct move given that they had so many free agents. Like, you're going to have to take a gamble on either a cheap vet, a mid-round pick, or somebody in-house like all those guys we just named to fill that void. You know, there's not really – there's not you don't have tons of flexibility given your cap situation. Like you can't you you couldn't bring back all three of these guys. Uh, it just wasn't really in the cards. So I, I, I'm certainly okay with it, and we'll see what happens. We got we got plenty of time to discuss who fills that spot. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, the other departure for the Rams today, uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, a guy we love. Unfortunately, he is leaving, but he's not leaving town. He goes across the street to the Los Angeles Chargers, back reunited with Brandon Staley on a three-year, $24 million deal. This was kind of like a lot. Of, I think a lot of people speculated this because of the Staley connection. But, uh, boy, that's a lot of money. Um, I think he's worth it. I don't think we should have signed him to that money, but it's not a bad signing for the Chargers by any means. I think it's a win for them. It's a win for Sebastian Joseph Day, of course. He he's earned that money, and I think like you know we've talked about this on the pod in the recent weeks. It wouldn't make a ton of sense for the Rams to bring him back at that price. If you're choosing between him and Brian Allen, even though Joseph Day is a better player, you got to go with Allen in that scenario at this money. I'd love nothing more than to bring back um, SJD, but realistically speaking, I mean, you you, you had the emergence of Greg Gaines uh, this past year, and that's basically going to be our, our starter for the future. But um, as far as SG Day goes, <laughs> I said SG Day. SG Day. <laughs> I didn't even get the right letter. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, as far as Sebastian Joseph Day is concerned, um, it was the perfect match for him. He goes to a familiar uh, coach in Brandon Staley. Obviously, Staley knew exactly what they're getting, um, you know, being the defensive coordinator for the Rams. And uh, I, I think he's going to do wonders for this for this defense. I, I, I mean, and damn, what a defense the Chargers are getting, man. This, <laughs> this is crazy. Pairing... Um, day with uh, with J.C. Jackson and everything like that. I'm like, man, this is gonna be insane. Uh, and then and Khalil not Mack, to, man, and then Khalil Mack too. Uh, good luck, AFC West. You're gonna, man, this is gonna be a tough defense. Yeah, they fucking loaded up, and they already have a loaded offense. Uh, they kept Mike Williams. You know, all those other guys are still there. Herbert's still there. Keenan Allen's still there. That's a they, I can't believe they missed the playoffs this year. Like, like they are probably a Super Bowl contender, uh, assuming that Herbert continues to get better from already how good he is. Uh, it, you know, and all LA Super Bowls not off the table. It is absolutely not off the table. I, I would love that. <laughs> I would absolutely love that. Crazy, yeah. They they got a fucking squad over there. Uh, good for him. You know, glad he doesn't have to move. At least I uh, keep his house. Wherever he lives, um, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see that that's going to be a good team. The people I've been waiting, Johnny, since I went in this break Friday, Saturday. Uh, Troy, the Rams renounced the rights to Troy Reader. He was a restricted free agent. We kind of just figured he'd be back, but uh, they made the correct decision and just straight up said, "No, we're done." Uh, <laughs> given like how cheap. He probably would have been on the restricted free agent deal. Um, do are are you content with this decision? 
Yes and no. I mean, obviously, this is uh, this is a sign that the Rams wanted to improve at the position, and they're like, I, I guess maybe they had a, a re- <laughs> revelation that uh, after seeing Ernest Jones playing, huh? We can get better at this position, and you know, <laughs> they ended up saying, "Well, sorry, Troy Reader, we we need to get better here." And so I I think that's awesome, but at the same time. I wouldn't have been opposed to keeping him. I I never thought that Troy Reader was a bad player to have. He's just a bad starter. And that's that's what it boils down to. It's like it just because he's not meant to be a starter doesn't mean he's not valuable. I think he he's a very valuable player to have. Uh but yeah, I I don't know. Like I I would have at least tried to sign him as a as a backup, but Maybe he didn't want to be a backup, and that's what led to the release. I don't know. But um, I do think it's good news because I do think it's a sign of commitment to uh, improving at the position because, like it has been for the past couple years, it, it's it's still a point of weakness on this defense. Uh, I will say that I have slept like a baby for the last three days and have not lost an ounce of sleep since the Rams renounced the rights to Troy Reader. Like, if you could keep him for free, <laughs> I guess. But uh, they are not – it's addition by subtraction, man. The only thing that this guy does at a above-replacement player level, in my opinion, is pass rush. And it's not crucial that our inside linebacker is a good pass rusher. Like, he racks up tackles, but he misses a shitload of tackles. He's – a horrible coverage guy. He'll make a play every now and then, but he's an absolute liability in that. Not having him on the team will not give the coaches the urge to start him or put him in the game. And as a result, like I, I think we are – maybe we're better for it. I think anyone off the street could at least play close to his level. No, not Not me. But, like, anyone who is on the NFL bubble could come in and do what he did, in my opinion. I, I was never impressed in a handful of okay games. But, like, if, if you've listened to this show before, you know this is not just me spouting bullshit now that he's gone. I've been on this hill for, the whole, for his entire career. I wish him nothing but the best. I hope he gets paid by by some uh, idiot out there, GM. You know, Jacksonville's handing out bags. Maybe they'll throw him $8 million. I'm excited to see how they replace him. Bobby Wagner's out there. You know, if they could free up the cap space, this certainly signals that it's a possibility. And if they don't, I am confident that Ernest Jones and whoever the fuck they put next to him could do the same thing that Ernest Jones and Tribrator would have done. Man, it would be an absolute dream if they got Bobby Wagner. Do Do you think it's possible? Like, because I guess, you know, even though they have the note boom signing, it's easy to forget that he's basically just going to fill the cap void that Austin Whitworth was holding. And so Andrew Whitworth, see, we're both on our A game today. And so basically, yeah. like, you look at what they've done. I mean, I don't know how much money Coleman Shelton got. I doubt it's anywhere over $4 million a year, and even that might be high. You have Brian Allen on the books for $8 million a year. That's the only addition. Once they restructure, I mean, I think last week we said they could get up to 50 right? And so you t- Allen makes it about 40 and assuming they keep Von Miller, 
That's about twenty million. I don't know how much Odell's gonna get. I think it's in the cards that you know they could get Bobby Wagner. I just wonder, like, like if you sign a guy like that, you're probably throwing a bag at him for a year, right? Like it's probably like a one year, like twelve million dollar deal. It's doable, and I wonder if they would do it. Uh, I I think it's certainly possible, but uh, I I I think that they're gonna have to ask him to be like, hey, uh, this is a Super Bowl contending team. We have limited space. Is there any possible way you would like to join us at you know a potential like a slight discount, like maybe for like eight to ten million? Um, I have no idea if he'd go for that, but because certainly there will be teams that can outbid the Rams for his services. But it depends how much he wants to win a, a Super Bowl. Like that's got to be the angle here, because it, it's not like the Rams can flash money in his face. It, it's just it's not going to happen that way. Well, it, it, it's interesting to me because like when when we figure. Like I, I'm trying to pull up over the cap now. I have a really useful, uh, have a really useful table on restructuring, and with with simple restructures, the Rams can free up a shitload of money, which would bring them to forty eight million in cap space, and that that might include a restructure for Whitworth, so that wouldn't be really on the table. So, like, let's say for let's say for our purposes, like just to kind of lowball it, they have 36 million, 36 to 40. Do you think that they could keep, do you think that they could sign with that money? You know, Odell, Von Miller and Bobby Wagner, because it, like we have, I, I think Von Miller, I think it's pretty safe to say he's going to command between 16 to 20 million, depending on how friendly he's feeling. I have no idea what the market is for Odell right now. And, uh, you know, with Wagner, yeah, you said, like, 8 to 10. Like, that that's probably right. And I, I don't think he would – like, I definitely think he would consider that, especially to come here. But, like, realistically, do you think it's possible that they keep all those three guys with that money? And I think if that happens, that's probably the end of their moves, which I think is fine, right? Like, if that's the end of the offseason, like, that's probably fine, right? Yeah, I mean, I imagine there'll be like some smaller moves here and there, but uh, overall, I, I think that's basically how all it could be. Uh, and the question you have to ask yourself, you know, as much as we'd love to see Bobby Wagner here, would you rather bring in a Bobby Wagner or potentially a veteran cornerback? Because, again, that's that's a big concern, too. You know, at that point, you'd basically have to hope and pray that they land in a a stud in essentially the fourth round uh, at cornerback. And you're basically relying on just Jalen Ramsey and potentially David Long because they won't have enough money to bring back Miss Williams even if they want to. So, yeah, that's, that's a big question, too. Do you want to use it at inside linebacker or do you want to use it at cornerback? And as much as I want to say, bring in Bobby Wagner, I think it'd be awesome. I, I, I just really, it really scares me to see 
David Long potentially as your other starter next season. Yeah, man. And I, I think I would. Like, I, I don't I don't have my pulse on the cornerback market right now for what we can afford. Hypothetically, if you can afford somebody that's a re- very, very reliable corner starting cornerback, cornerback two, better than Darius Williams, I, w- I would probably lean that over Bobby Wagner because of what we've seen from Ernest Jones. And, like, we finally have confidence that we have a guy that could do that. Now, that being said, uh, and I said this on Twitter today, you shouldn't – Ernest Jones should not stop you from signing Bobby Wagner, right? Like, you need two guys to play, and even though he's good – and he's, I think he's going to be a star. Like, Bobby Wagner is a Hall of Fame talent who's still playing very close to his prime. So, like, that should never stop you. But that is a factor you have to consider when, like like you said, like, yeah, cornerback behind Jalen Ramsey, if Darius Williams walks, it's David Long and Robert Rochelle. And I, I, we've said we think they like Robert Rochelle. I like Robert Rochelle, but he's not there yet. And when you're a contending team, that's a pretty big hole to have on your roster. So, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, and and I need to walk myself back. I said if that's the end of the offseason, I'd be okay with it. That has to include re-signing Matt Gay and Brandon Powell, which hasn't happened yet. Uh, <laughs> that has to be a part of it, but I'm I'm confident that those will both happen. I, I think Matt Gay is a restricted free agent, so I doubt he's going anywhere. But He I, is, and, and yeah, as far as Matt Gay goes, I, I'm not concerned about that because at him being a restricted free agent, I, I'm not worried. Powell, on the other hand, that might be different. I just like how much money is he really going to command? Right? Like, I feel like they have to keep him. Give the guy like three million dollars. I mean, give him seven. I, if that's what it takes. But I, <laughs> I, I just don't think like there's a huge market for that type of player right now. Maybe not, but they could be still infatuated with Tutu Atwell. <laughs> I don't think they are at that. At that role, I don't, uh, I don't think so either. I, I it's hard to know what they think of Tutu right now. Honestly, I have no idea. Um, now Odell's gonna be out for a couple weeks, so those guys will have a chance to step up. I don't even know if Robert Woods will be ready for Week One. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Um, well, I, I mean, that's it. For, I'll, I'll keep my eye on, on Twitter, but that's it for like Rams news. And then we, I mean, we have a lot of other stuff we can get into, but I didn't miss anything like very pertinent to the current roster. Right. 
No, no, I think pretty much you uh, hit the nail on the head. All right. Well, I mean, it'd be kind of there's there's a lot of other things happening right now. The I think we should start with the the Russell Wilson trade. No, uh, pretty relevant to us. Yep, absolutely. So uh, if, if interesting. You, yeah, if you've been living under a rock, the Seahawks traded Russell Wilson in a fourth round pick for two first round picks, two second round picks. No font, Shelby Harris, and Drew Locke. What do you think of this trade? I I mean, clearly, Russell Wilson was out. You know, you don't make this trade if Russell Wilson wants to stay. I think it's pretty obvious. So, do you think they got good value for him? Without question. I I mean... (laughs) I At first, I was just kind of laughing at the idea that... uh, because when news first broke, it basically just showed that the uh, Seahawks were were getting Drew Locke in this deal. And, and I kind of figured that wasn't going to only be it. But um, I just I thought it was hilarious because it shows this huge blockbuster trade with Russell Wilson. And then you see Drew Locke involved. And I'm like, what? <laughs> um but you know what? Uh, I feel like the Seahawks kind of won this trade because clearly Russell Wilson wasn't happy in Seattle. And it's not like he was getting a jo- the job done anyway. So in my opinion, I still think that Russell Wilson is is uh, is a top 10 quarterback, um, possibly even better. But um I think that it obviously wasn't going to happen in Seattle, at least not anymore. So in the end, it was, it was a smart move to get rid of him. But at the same time, look at how much they got out of him. Like it was ridiculous. They got, what what was it? Like two first round picks, two second round picks, and then like a late round pick somewhere or other. And then plus you get a, a pretty young stud tight end and Noah Fant. And, you know, Shelby Harris is kind of a nice addition as well. Yeah, he's, he's a player. He's going to start for that. Yeah. And you get a back quarterback, yeah. I guess. Uh, well, Drew, Drew Locke, I, if if that's their starting quarterback, they, 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 uh, there's no, they, they need no to look fucking elsewhere. way he enters the season as a starting quarterback. <laughs> I mean, I kind of feel bad for him if he. I mean, I, I feel bad. For uh, for Drew Locke because he if if he's gonna be the starter, he's gonna have to face Aaron Donald and he's nowhere near as mobile as as Russell Wilson and he struggled to get away from Aaron Donald. So good luck to him. There are some players who never really get a fair shake in the NFL, and Drew Locke is absolutely not one of those players. Nope. <laughs> like no. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, it's a fucking haul. Uh, he's 33. I feel like a lot of people have compared it to Stafford trade and acted like, I don't know. There's been a lot of weird comparisons. Like, you're a fucking moron if you think that Russell Wilson today is worth less than Matthew Stafford was a year ago. Like, that's just an idiot. Absolutely an out of kick. Like, today, maybe, like, today, Matthew Stafford probably worth more after the playoffs. A year ago, he absolutely was not. 
uh, you know, Russell Russell Wilson is a. I almost said Russell Westbrook. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Russell Wilson's a Hall of Famer. Uh, the guy has carried Seattle on his back for years. Now he's been very inconsistent at times. I'm curious to see what Russell Wilson shows up to Denver most of the time. But if you're Denver, this feels like a no brainer to make. He's the best quarterback on the market. I mean, besides Deshaun Watson, but he doesn't come with that baggage. And if you're the Seahawks, the guy wants out. The, the relationship's over. It's run its course. It's a good haul. A lot of good picks. Um, and, and like we said, we they got two players out of it now. <laughs> they turn around and sign Will Disley to a three-year, $24 million extension. So I don't know what the fuck they're thinking about. No offense. But <laughs> um, in a vacuum, it's, it's a great deal for them. And I, I'm... They're being linked to Sean Watson now, and if if they did want to aggressively go after that guy, then they have the ammo to do it with these extra picks. But I'm curious to see what takes form with that team. I mean, today is a huge win for the Rams for Russell Wilson to not be there. That's for fucking sure. Say what you want about the guy. <laughs> he's He's been very good for a very long time. Without a question. And uh, hey, it, they have uh, a tight end to offer uh, Houston if if they decide to go that route. I mean, they they could even offer uh, Gerald Everett if they wanted to. Don't know how much you're going to get out of him, but uh, I mean, geez, that's a loaded tight end core. Like, I <laughs> forgot about Everett too. I mean, he's he was a one year deal, right? No, I think he's still under contract. Uh, I'm gonna look, but. I thought it was a yeah. One- take a look, but I'm pretty sure he was on uh, still under contract. I think he signed a two year deal. But uh, if, if that if that's the case, then I'm like, geez, what what a loaded tight end core having Fant, Disley, and and Everett. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's- it was um, it was a one year deal. I yeah, like if they keep oh. him, that core is loaded. But if you're gonna trade for Noah Fant and then invest that much in Will Disley, like, it seems like there are better places to spend your money than bringing Gerald Everett back again. Not that it would be a bad move because he's good, but, like, I don't know, man. How much money are you going to fucking spend on tight ends? You can't play three of them. I mean, they you saw how much they invested in safeties as well. They brought back Andre Diggs and <laughs> just amazing, like, how much money they have tied up at safety. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm... If they, if they, I'm curious if they're going to trade for Watson and if they don't, which I feel like they're not gonna, I'm really curious to see what they do at the position. It it seems like drafting would be the right call. You know, there's not, I I mean, who's out there? Jameis, the, there's somebody else I'm forgetting. Oh, Mariota. It seems like the Colts are going to end up with Mariota. I mean, they don't even have Trubisky anymore, dude. It's as as a guy, as somebody who's always been pro Trubisky, it's been a weird day for me because it's like I'm. There's been a lot of dragging on him, and I actually saw somebody tweet, "Are we sure he's better than Mason Rudolph?" Yeah, we're very sure. Okay, we're very sure of that. <laughs> but I'm also like not going to be ecstatic if my team signs Mitch Trubisky to be their starting quarterback right now. No. No, I mean, 
it, it's such an interesting because I, I also realize that they have Dwayne Haskins on their roster as well. So it's just like an interesting core of, of quarterbacks there. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not sure who, who gets to start there, uh, honestly, but I, at the moment, I think Mitch Trubisky is your best option. Yeah. And two years, $14 million. It, it's, it, I think it's a good contract because you can draft somebody. You have plenty of flexibility. You're not tied to this guy forever. Uh, but I mean, like when you look at the free agent quarterbacks and, and Bridgewater just signed with Miami as well, like the guys that are on the market to sign as starters, it's Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Tyrod Taylor, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, Ryan Fitzpatrick. If he counts, you, you can go, you can trade for Gardner Minshew. It, it's not, it's not a good crop of guys. Like, nope. none of these guys are inspiring. You could have traded for Carson Wentz. He cost you a third. I think he cost two third-round picks, right? Which I'm not doing. Like, I'd rather I'd rather <laughs> sign Trubisky outright than give up a pick to get Carson Wentz, which, which the Washington <laughs> football team decided was the right choice. So, like, there's not a lot of options out there. Like, I like Jameis more than Trubisky, and I don't like any of these other names more than Trubisky. I like Wentz more, but not when you have to trade for him. Man, that's that's insanity. Like thinking about some of these guys. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Blaine Gabbert's out there, right? I'm sure he is. <laughs> I'm sure he's out there. Well, I mean, like how how many quarterback openings are left right now? There's Indy. There's Seattle now. There's New Orleans. You know Brady's back, so that's not on the that's not an opening. There's not a ton out there, and I don't think Cleveland's going to make a move. I don't think Detroit's going to make a move. If, if either of those teams do, it's going to be in the draft. Seems like the Giants are closed. Carolina. Yeah, you're right, Carolina. I forgot about Carolina. There's no way they stand pat. So I, I still question their decision to try and make uh, Sam Darnold their starting quarterback last year. I'm like. I I still to this day like what? Well, like so here here is my take on that. It's a was a terrible decision to make the trade, but B a lot of people have been dragging them for signing him to the uh the the fifth year option, which was like twenty mil. But like if you're giving up a second round pick to bring this guy in as your starter, you're expecting him to be your starter, right? And so as a result, why wouldn't you commit to an extra year? Which, if you think he's going to be good, like if you believe in him, then that's a cheap number to have him under contract at if he's a good starting quarterback, which they thought he would be. Not many of the other people around the world, including us, did. But, like, if you're buying in, you have to buy into that option. Uh, and obviously it didn't work out, and they're stuck with it. Jesus. I, I, I still, to this day, like, wonder... Where the hell did anybody think that that was a good trade? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, we we forgot Jimmy Jimmy G's out there too. I'd rather have Trubisky. Yeah, uh, no question. And the the funny thing is, now I don't know how true this is. This is more along the lines of rumors, and, and it could be just 
the 49ers trying to hype him up a little bit. But from what I understand, the 49ers are trying to get at least a first-round pick out of him. And I'm like, who the hell is going to give up a first-round pick for Jimmy G? Yeah, I, I, they're going to get a second out of him, I think. I honestly think they will. I, I wouldn't even offer a second. I'm, I would not like it with with him versus Trubisky. It to me, it's like Trubisky was stuck in a bat with a bad coach in a bad situation and showed some flashes of greatness. You know, he also deserved to not be their quarterback anymore, but he showed enough to where like I could buy into him just being saddled in a bad situation and in a better situation with better players around him. Maybe he could put it together. But it's like, what is there a better possible situation that Jimmy Garoppolo could be in than right now? You know nope. what I mean? Like, what what better? Like, this is the best possible situation he could be in, and this is how he's playing. Like, yeah, he's winning you games. So if you have a roster that's as built to win as San Francisco's is, maybe you buy into Jimmy G, but, like, he goes to the – I don't know, like the fucking Saints, like if that's an option, like it's going to be a disaster. Like the Seahawks, like I, none of those teams should be buying into him. I, I just can't help but thinking like, is it really him that's winning the games? Because I don't think so. If you were Washington, would you have rather traded for him or Carson Wentz for what they gave up? Man, you're... <laughs> <laughs> I... Damn, that's a hard one. <laughs> um, I think I I guess I would rather have Wentz because he's cheaper. Um, yeah, I... Not I, saying much. <laughs> I guess it's Wentz. Yeah, I, I mean... I don't know. They found I, him, I, I certainly wouldn't quarterback. I, I wouldn't send a second-round pick for Jimmy G. I mean, at least for Wentz, you're getting a third-rounder. I guess there were two third-rounders, right? I think it was it, the second one was conditional on him playing uh, a certain amount of the snaps. Okay, well, if he if he actually because being honest, if you look at Carson Wentz in 2021, he wasn't as bad as people say he was. You know, in the early part, he was pretty bad, but as the season ended, uh, he was actually pretty damn good. It uh, would I say that he's you know, worth two third round picks. I don't think so, but considering it's either that or overpay for Jimmy G. Yeah. I, I think, I think I'd roll with, with Carson Wentz. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see like if Washington drops a quarterback high, if the Pittsburgh drops a quarterback high, given these moves, I feel like Indianapolis drafting quarterback high is, basically a certainty at this point so i don't know it's people have rightfully criticized the vikings for continuing to throw shit loads of money at kirk cousins but if you're a vikings fan and just listen to our conversation for the last seven minutes about the quarterback market like it it gotta make you feel a little better no (laughs) Uh, that that's another one man i don't i i just Carson, I mean Carson Wentz. Well, I have Wentz in the brain right now. Um, Kirk Cousins is just another one that I just don't understand how he gets all this money 
And and it's funny, like looking at some of the Twitter responses, you know, saying that I, I need to sign up, uh, sign with the agent that Kirk Cousins has. <laughs> That's holy shit, man. This guy continuously gets money like out of nowhere, too. But a lot of this also is very telling of how unconfident teams are in the um the draft class for quarterbacks because let's face it a lot of these guys wouldn't even be wouldn't even be like necessarily uh being highly sought after if if you know they they have like at least one quarterback that they're highly confident can be you know your day one starter and really this draft class is not that impressive and chances are even if like say chances are the the Panthers are gonna go after a quarterback uh with their first pick and <laughs> and at, at and just the thought of that is chances are Sam Darnold is gonna still start over this quarterback well I I yeah. think uh I think Watson is very in the mix to land there. I, I think he's going to either well, land there or New Orleans, and I feel like Carolina is the favorite. Uh, they, Yeah, they have more capital. Yeah, and it seems like he's not going to get suspended because he did his time last year in which he sat home and made $11 million. So, and, hey, do your thing, NFL, I, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Man. If I if I would have known that, I would have bet on that. <laughs> uh, what hey, other news? I guess relevant to us: Morgan Fox, Corey Littleton, both cut by their teams. Any interest in a reunion? Uh, either one of those guys, I, I'd be happy with. You know, Morgan Fox obviously brings in depth, and you know, I I imagine that the Rams aren't going to overpay for him. So if they get him. You know, it'd probably be at a pretty good deal. Um, and since uh, Sebastian Joseph Day is gone, absolutely, I'd welcome him. And as far as Corey Littleton is concerned, if you aren't able to bring in, you know, Bobby Wagner, you know, which is the dream, I, I'd absolutely love Corey Littleton. He he did wonders for this team when he was on, on uh, you know, on the roster. Is he... Was he impressive in Las Vegas? Absolutely not. In fact, he looked like trash. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, absolutely not as an understatement. <laughs> he he looked he looked like straight up trash. But I, it it's just that he didn't fit in their system. Very yeah. obviously. And I agree, man. Like he's not going to command a lot of money at all. Uh, I I would guess very very low, like two three mil. I don't know. And if you're not able, if you're not bringing in a Bobby Wagner type player, you're not going to be investing big time in this position. Like. Fuck it, yeah, dude. Why not? It, what's the worst that happens? He sucks and he doesn't play over Trayvon Howard. Like best case, he's a great compliment to Ernest Jones. It's um, I'd be fine with it. And Morgan Fox, yeah, it's fine death piece. But we'll see what happens. Uh, I this it is eight p.m. Pacific time right now. So hopefully this podcast is still very relevant by the time the morning comes. But uh, <laughs> probably not. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> We'll see. A- any other free agency topics you wanted to hit? Chase Edmonds signed with the Dolphins, I guess. Roger Saffold went to the Bills. 
I, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of hoping to see a reunion with Roger Saffold, but I knew it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, that would have been nice, but I, I, I didn't see what his contract was. I feel like we couldn't afford him, though. Oh, no way. No way. Not not after re-signing uh, <laughs> Allen and, and Nopum. Um, they, am I correct in that the Falcons also cut uh, Dante Fowler? Yeah, I think they did. Um, I mean, not hey, if you can't if you can't bring back Von Miller, do you want Dante Fowler? I don't know, because I, I feel like even though he was bad in Atlanta, I feel like he's not going to be free. Whereas, like, I feel like no. Corey Littleton legit might be like close to free. Like, I feel like there is going to be no market for him. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just the position. I I feel like uh, just being a <laughs> Just being an edge rusher, you're like automatically guaranteed like at least ten million. Yeah, edge <laughs> rusher, former top three pick, like somebody's gonna buy in. He's gonna get yeah, like high, high seven figures. With the uh, with inside linebacker, there's you you either get top tiered inside linebacker money or you get nothing. That's basically how the market for inside linebackers work. <laughs> yep, and like. With a guy like Corey Littleton, it's a lot easier to write off his Rams years as a fluke than with, like, Fowler, you can write off his Falcons years as a fluke. You know what I mean? Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, like, he could be considered a system player, whereas Fowler, it's like, oh, he just didn't benefit from the situation in Atlanta. So, I don't know. I'm not interested in a Fowler reunion. I cannot imagine a world where it happens. Nah, me either. Even even if we don't keep like if we if we lose Von Miller, bring back Collins, o, uh, Oboe, and I don't know like draft somebody. I don't know. I feel like you invest big in an edge rusher because it's Von Miller and not because like it's a glaring glaring hole on the team. Even though it will be a huge hole if he's gone. I mean, there's still Chris Garrett. <laughs> and on that note, we're gonna end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh well johnny i'll hit you this week if any big needles drop maybe we'll be back on but if not we'll talk to you next week uh hit us up on twitter at superbarrow at johnny phone six at talk rams let us know what you want the rams to do in the coming weeks and we'll talk to you guys soon how how would you evaluate your season uh, i think we ain't doing it you, you personally i think we ain't doing it